Hey, 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 Closet Busters, come on and gather around. It's time once again to kick down those closet doors of life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens, Bold Move Expert and Coming Out Coach, and I'm going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloseted. So come on, grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step in to living your truth as we explore more stories, tips, and tricks for living your life uncloseted. Now let's get to the show. Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family, it is time once again for you to come out of those freaking closets of your life. I know I'm sounding a little sassy today, but I promise I'm going to be kinder as we step into this podcast because I want each of you to imagine making the bold move of practicing radical kindness. In fact, it's one of those things where if you could just see yourself and everybody else doing that sort of thing, what the hell different would our world look like? I mean, we'd be so beyond the bullshit. And, you know, here's the thing. When you practice kindness, even if it's not radical kindness, everything is better. So why don't we do this? Why do we make all this crap up that, oh, you're doing this to me and I'm doing this to you? And yes, sometimes just because we're human, we're going to go down this path. But I believe... And so does my guess that if we can practice radical kindness and we can step into some spaces where we put kindness in play that we wouldn't normally do it, everything is better. And I met this guy through my speaking group and um, he's already a rock star. I can tell, you know, I've been working with him a little bit, coaching him and doing some stuff. I thought I want to have this guy on because he is so not, (laughs) at least what I know so far, not the kind of attorney you would think. And we'll get into that because it's like, wow, he's an attorney. And of course, immediately everybody's going to go, oh, great. We not. Please stick with this one. You're going to want to stay tuned in. You're going to want to figure out what Rocco Caza has to say about being kind and doing kindness in the right way. So enough of my flapping my jaw. It's time for Rocco. And he's just coming off a great speaking gig. So he's all pumped up. He's driven through the snow to be here with us on Live Uncloseted. Welcome, my new friend, Rocco Caza. Glad to have you here, man. Thank you so much for having me. Truly appreciate it. And I'm probably it. screwing up your last name. Is it Caza or Coza? Coza. That's okay. I everybody call, everybody it. says Caza. I knew it. I knew it. But, um, <laughs> okay, so be kind to me because I screwed up your name. But um, hey, no what a perfect way to segue into that. So, um, so yeah, we, we met through Grant Baldwin's The Speaker Lab. I've done a little bit of coaching with you. But then in that conversation, it was like, oh, my gosh, there's something here. And um, I'd like you to just kind of take us into that, man, because it was like – Really? You, you see this whole kindness thing. And, and I'm just curious for you, there's obviously something that's driving yeah. you in your life to really do this. So walk us into why this whole kindness thing has become like, well, kind of your brand. It's kind of starting to be what you talk about and what you do. Yeah. I mean, so it started really, so I've, I've been kind my whole life. You know, I had a great upbringing from an amazing mother and grandmother that really instilled that value in me Mm-hmm. as a young kid. And that's just how I've approached life. And you talk about vulnerability, being a lawyer, that's something that you don't hear together, kindness in the law. But again, I've always been one to just buck the norms and say, this is how I'm going to approach the practice of law. So when I started into law, that's how I approached it. But then this whole brand came about really about a little over a year ago, I was speaking to some high school kids It was high school and middle school, and it was about entrepreneurship, leadership, and just my career journey. And at the end, one of the the young men asked, you know, what's the one thing 
that you think matters most in business? And I said, kindness, you know, very matter of fact, everyone in that room looked dumbfounded. Hmm. Like the first time anyone's ever said to them that gets you far in life. Hmm. And to me, that's a, you know, as a father of three, that's a problem. Of course. And that's why it's just, it, it, it's become my passion to really spread that message because I've used it in my career. I've used it in the legal profession. I've used it in the business world. It's been my biggest strength. Hmm. And, you know, it's interesting when we tap into these things that are so contrarian, so to speak, to yeah. what people think, then people don't know what to do with it. They're like, seriously, this is what you're doing? And I remember the very first time one of the books I read around coaching, and I believe it's called The Prosperous Coach. And, you know, at first I was kind of like, because I'm always kind of a cynic, <laughs> not that my <laughs> listeners don't know that already. But I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, really the prosperous coach is, I'm sure it's um, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm like, okay. And then somebody else told me, you really should read this. And then somebody else said, you know what? Stop being a cynic, Rick, read this book. And I dove into it and I thought, this is so contrary to what everybody tells coaches to do because right out the gate, they kind of like, so if you're going to have a discovery session with the client, you're going to talk to them. Are you really going to pull this bullshit 15 minute discovery session? How badly do you want the client? If you really want them to be your client and you want them to pay what you want them to pay, you might as well be ready to like really be invested with them from the get go. Mm -hmm. And I've always kind of felt that way myself. It's like, yeah. I don't, I never have taken really kindly to this like 15 minute discovery session, even though I confess that's what I have on my website. Right. It's more of if it goes 30 minutes, we'll go. If it goes an hour, we'll go, you know, because I want people to get it that, Hey, if I'm your coach, I'm your coach and yeah. I'll be there. Now, if you need me 24 seven, no, I'll probably be, you know, telling you, you probably need to go to a mental hospital because I right. can't do that for you. But, <laughs> but I think you, this is where you're kind of in that same space. It's like, yeah, let's really do what we need to do here yeah. and see what the results are that we get because we gave a little more than the average Joe. Absolutely. And, and that's a great way to put it. And it transitions perfectly to what I do as a lawyer. When people call me and ask, you know, hey, I have this problem. I'd like to meet with you. What do you charge for a consultation? And when I say nothing, let's just grab a cup of coffee. People are floored because they're not used to hearing that. But mm -hmm. I'll go give that 15, 20, half hour. Sometimes it lasts two, three hours if it has to because I'm trying to help people. And even if I can't help them myself, I'll point them in the right direction. Because that's mm -hmm. just how I've always lived. And I, I've never been one to say, I am better than someone. You need to charge me. And it, and it just worked out for me. Right. Every amazing thing that's happened in my life, business-wise, has come from those moments of just giving my time. You know, and it's kind of interesting because that's kind of why we're on this podcast right now. You and I had this conversation. Yeah. I'm like, wow, that would be really cool. I have this podcast. I sent you this, you know, I sent it after the fact. I'm like, you know, it'd be really good. And it's yeah. not because I'm saying, oh, look, Rick practiced kindness. It was, no, I really connected with this guy. And I think his message would be really good for people. So, hey, I want to see him thrive. By him thriving, I thrive. And sometimes this is the biggest freaking thing missing in the world in general, but especially in business. It's like, Absolutely. oh, no, we become protective and we can't. No, it's give more and you will get more. At least that's my perspective. I couldn't agree more. And, th and there's been, you know, that the talk I did this weekend, I talked a lot and it was about 
kindness in business. And I referenced quite a few studies I looked at that actually show that kindness and compassion in a business increases the bottom line. And people mm -hmm. need to understand how powerful it is. When a leader is fair, kind, and compassionate, it can change the entire dynamic of a company. Yep. You know, there's something unfolding um, in my world right now mm -hmm. where I have a client that I'm doing some work with in a couple of days. And we've been working towards this. And it, this is not like your normal walk-in to, you know, the typical hotel meeting room. We're going to do this work. No, 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 no. This is where I am taking these guys out on a hike. Well, guys and gals, we're going on a hike. We're going up into the hills. We're going to some really cool, cool places. And we're going to do this team building thing. So everything's moving along. You know, I'm feeling really good. I'm like, yeah, this is right on. And then the client throws me the wrench. Oh, one of our team members just had foot surgery a few weeks ago, and they're going to be in a boot. Is there any way to get them up to the trailhead and of course my first response was fuck you know <laughs> what am i going to do here and then i'm like wait 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 step back think about this what's the best thing i can do which yeah. plays into the kindness thing like i could have said i could have done like well you know i'm sorry to hear that um not really my problem because you guys knew this was the plan but then when I thought about it, I'm like, they didn't really know this was up either until they sent the notice out there. But hey, here's what's planned. And so then this person, of course, came forward. And so kind of the serendipity of knowing we were coming to this podcast and then simultaneously I had experience with Byron Katie, who she talks about your thoughts and your reactions and how you would show up differently if you didn't have that thought. I immediately replied to the client. I said, you know, that really sucks. I'd really like to try to come up with a solution, but I don't have anything for you right now. So give me some time to think through this and see what I could come up with. Mm -hmm. And the message I got back from the client was, thank you so much for going the extra mile. That's awesome. Because he kind of knew there wasn't anything I could do. I mean, I'm still going to try to do my best. And of course, now there's a couple of things that have happened that hopefully will accommodate this whole scenario and actually make the whole event better. But I think this is what's missing so often, not only in business, yeah. but in our lives. Absolutely. We immediately go for the defense. I'm right. You're wrong, uh, whatever. And then we forget, wait, we're just humans. We're all on this planet having this like lovely, you know, sometimes not so lovely human experience. Yeah. What happened if we just were nice about something instead of Absolutely. immediately going to the defense? Yeah, it's, it's, I think people fear the vulnerability that mm -hmm. being kind, they, they feel again, it's, it's society created this impression in all of our heads that kindness equals weakness. Yes. And I think people have that. They look at that as if I act kind or too nice, I'm going to be seen as vulnerable. Therefore I will lose my station in life. Well, to me, you know, you're right. Let's just all be kind. Look, you have to understand what you're being taken advantage of. I get right. that. Right. But, you know, if you, if you live a life, I believe, leading with kindness, opportunities mm -hmm. will open up. The world just opens up and the universe mm -hmm. has this tendency to bring good into your life. I truly believe that. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I find so interesting, and listeners, you can't see this guy, big, handsome, muscular guy here that I'm talking to, but um, you would go, really? This one's going to talk to me about kindness? He looks like he should be like, possibly, you know, in the, you know, cage, you know, you know, cage fighting with 
handsome guy. He's that kind of big guy, you know? But what I love is you and I have the same thing. It's like, I walk yeah. out on the stage, you walk out on stage, here we are, these big guys. And then suddenly like, yeah. so in my case, of course, I'm going to do the snap and go, okay, girl, so here's the thing, you know? And they're like, oh my God, he just went the gay route. Well, not every time, but you know, it's like, hey, yeah, I can walk out here and I can do this, but people are least expecting these things. And yeah. I think this is absolutely the beauty of showing up in kindness. Absolutely. Because it's, it's so unexpected so much of the time these days. Oh, absolutely. And it's, you know, again, and, and I love, I pride myself on the fact that when most people meet me, they don't guess I'm a lawyer. If they just talk to me and meet me face to face, the last profession they guess that I'm in is a lawyer. Mm -hmm. I and said, that's, that's a, great because that I don't is want a great to be, thing. Yeah. yeah, it's just, it, it's amazing. And it's, you know, it, and you're right. You know, if, if people look at me and don't see me, I, you know, I can kind of look, I guess, not intimidating, but just, uh, you know, very much the, you know, the stereotypical beard, bigger guy, Italian, that they don't think that, and then they find out I'm a lawyer, they automatically assume these certain things. And when they meet right. me or talk to me, it flips the script because I, I just believe, I just believe wholeheartedly in kindness. It's so what's so been the biggest, biggest thing for you in your own business? And you, you know, you're not only a lawyer, you're an author, you do some coursework and stuff for people yeah. as well. What has been one of the biggest things you've seen by practicing this kindness that's, that it's done for you and your business? Well, in, in the recent, you know, the recent years, I could tell you. So um, about, about a year and a half ago, a, a business partner at the time of mine said, hey, I know this guy. I think you could help him. He just may need some guidance. I think you should meet him. I said, okay. Well, I, you know, snowing like crazy in Pittsburgh. I had this meeting schedule with this guy. Had no idea who he was. Had no expectation of anything. Drove into downtown Pittsburgh from the outskirts of town through the snow. Spent three hours with this guy. That's turned into me working with professional athletes him and I becoming business partners and starting this whole olive oil and wine company. Just mm. because I was willing to take that, I had no idea who he was, no idea what he needed. I just said, hey, if you think I can help him, I'm willing to do that. Mm -hmm. I did it, we hit it off, he becomes one of my good friends, introduces me to these different professional athletes that I now work with. It's just that's, but me, most lawyers don't do that. Taking mm -hmm. three, four hours out of your day to just go meet a random stranger that you have no idea for what yeah. purpose. That, I mean, that's just one example. Yeah, exactly. And, and what I see from that, Rocco, as you're talking about this is there's this interesting balance you've figured out that if I, it's not like, okay, if I do this, I'm going to get this. That's not right. what I'm hearing. It's okay. If I do this, let's see, you know, if I can help, if I can't, that's okay too. You know, and exactly. I, I kind of operate in the same way because people say, Oh, you're a coach. Can you, do this or help with this or whatever. Maybe I don't make any promises because the relationship is the relationship. Maybe I'm a good yeah. fit. Maybe I'm not, you know, but if I can help somebody, even if all I can do is help somebody find another coach that's better suited for them. Exactly. I, be I do believe in karma. So that's mm -hmm. where I believe it'll come back. And I may not realize it comes back. However it does, but Hey, if I did something and I feel good and it helps that person, cool. I just, let's go do that. You know? Yeah. And I often wonder if that was the real premise of business and for sure in relationships, mm -hmm. how different things would be, you know? Oh, I, I, I mean, there's no, I didn't have any expectation out of meeting you 
on the coaching call that I did for the speaker lab stuff. Right. And then suddenly, wow, I really think this guy has something. Oh, I'd like to share him with the world. I don't know what's going to come from it, but what I do know is somebody somewhere is going to listen to this Mm -hmm. and they either may get triggered to go be kinder or they may get triggered and piss them off because, oh yeah, well, that's okay. (laughs) Maybe that's what they're supposed to have happen right now is because they need to be triggered in that way. But then there's somebody I'm sure that's going to go, yeah, I wonder, maybe I need to do this in my own business. Maybe I need to step forward. Yep. And then things will begin to happen. So yeah, it's, it's a ripple effect. I, I truly believe that if you, you know, I always, I always tell myself if I, if whatever I do content, I put out the things I'm doing, it says, if I can help one person, mm-hmm. I know that effect will multiply. Absolutely. And that's just and the way it works. When it multiplies, what I think is so beautiful, it's the 10 people who tell 10 people who tell 10 yeah. people who tell that is truly what I believe happens. I don't know. I I don't know that I'll see it actually happen, but I don't really care. I don't, I don't know until it happens. And then out of the blue, somebody will send me a message and I got one this past week going, I just want you to know, I so glad I found your podcast. I'm so glad I found your book. And one of my friends who had a friend who knew to, and I'm like, by the time they were all done, I was like, yeah, I'm six degrees away from Kevin Bacon here. You know, cool. (laughs) It's happening. This shit really does happen. You know, it wasn't because I'm like, okay, now I'm doing this post and this is going to drive this. And I hope that I never lose that. I mean, I'm hoping, you know, if I'm going to lose that, then, you know, please take my memory or something away because I don't want to be that person who's doing this stuff for all the wrong reasons at this point. Right. So as you begin to see, wow, this stuff really works and mm-hmm. you started doing other stuff, is that what kind of prompted you into, Hey, I want to write a book and I want to do these courses. How did that all start to come about that this became part of your business too? Or are we like going to like, okay, now we're going to completely segue away from something. No, 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 it all part it, of it. All- it, it all really relates. And, and, and that's, it's, it's interesting you say that because when people, when I talk to people about the th- different things I do, they always ask me like, well, how do you keep all this straight? And when I look at it, it all fits together as one part mm-hmm. of a puzzle. Yeah. You know, my it's, nothing I do is really out of the ordinary. You know, I'm a lawyer, coach, speaker, investor, entrepreneur, author, but that all, that's all centered around the same stuff. Mm-hmm. So the book I wrote, it's called the alpha way five keys to unlocking your greatness and living your best life. It's really a book. I look at it as a guidebook mm-hmm. for people looking for just some inspiration and just a roadmap of how to live a better life. It's not, you know, it's not one of those books that's super technical. And then the reason I wrote the book is I'm a huge personal development fan. I've been reading for years, you know, a book or, a book or two a week. Mm-hmm. And I always said there was these great books written by these extremely successful people of like, hey, look, I used to sleep on my sister's couch. Now I'm a, you know, a multi-gazillionaire. Here's how I did it. Mm, That's mm-hmm. great. There was nothing written from the middle. Yeah. And that's the way I approached the book. I said, you know, I'm a lot farther along in life than I thought I would be at this point, but I'm nowhere near where I want to be. I think I got some stuff that I can help other people that are a little bit behind me come to where I am. And that's why I wrote the book. Yeah. And it's really written for that group of people. And this is what's so interesting. And I know most authors kind of get this. I think a lot of us do. That the book, first, 
the book gets written for you. You yeah. do it for you right? because you need to dump this shit out of your head. Okay. Right. I'm not saying it's yeah. shit. I, I wrote no, a book no. and I had to dump that crap out of my head so I could really see it. And then it's actually for whoever it reaches. Yeah, exactly. Good, bad, or indifferent. And, and somebody yeah. said, when I said that one time on another podcast or somewhere on stage and it came time for Q and A, well, what about the person who doesn't like your book? I said, great. Yeah. It reached that person because it triggered something in them that didn't work for them. That da, 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 And it made me see something that maybe I need to see that I need to observe. So the next time I do that book or write another book, it's like, Oh, I need to look at this from this angle. It's meant to do what it's meant to do. And I, yeah. I just know because I get there. I'm, <laughs> I get there myself all the time. We can go get hung up on this stuff so easily. It's like, but what the, what the hell does it matter? It, yeah. it, it, it got shown to you. It got shown to them yeah. the same way. If you go do something really kind and some lawyer friends of yours go, you're insane, man. I would never give away that much time. Well, yeah. that's you. Great. Exactly. You stay that you stay in that lane because that lane seems to be serving you. Well, I'm going to stay in my lane over here because this lane is really serving me well. Yeah. I don't know that we have enough compassion and kindness in this day and age to give people the permission to do that. Yeah, you're right. And it's, it's, it's a lost art. Kindness is truly a lost art. Now I agree. And I can already hear the rumblings out there in podcast mm -hmm. land. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what about if you don't agree with what's going on in the country and the politics? Okay. Yeah. Yes and no. And yes and no. I'm not going to defend that argument. There's yeah. ways to be kind in that arena and there's ways to like stand yeah. up for what you believe in. But I also think when you do take the stands, there's a way to take a stand and be kind about it. Exactly. And then there's a way to do the other bullshit that we see. So, exactly. you know, and I, I think for most people, this is that dilemma. So when you see that dilemma coming up, even for you yourself, yeah. you know, I would really love to say that Rocco is perfect. He is, you know, the Italian Jesus Christ yeah. that's going to bless the world, you know, all that gets from but, Yeah. <laughs> but when you see that showing up for you, what helps you? Because I, I know I have some things I do, but what helps you like, okay, I'm just going to get back in my head. I'm going to get back in that space of practice kindness, practice kindness, practice kindness. But how do you get yourself back when you really want to go? Yeah, screw you. <laughs> I'm done. Well, you know, it's a good question. And I've always, I've always tried to approach so the debate, the argument, right? I'm a lawyer. That's what we do for a living. Right. Right. So it's been ingrained. So I always say that the way I practice kindness in that arena is it's if, if you and I are debating a point or arguing or bickering like the politicians do, I don't want to try and force my opinion on you. All I'm trying to get you to do is understand my point of view. You don't have to agree with it. And if you can just take the time to understand it, I'm okay with that. And I will take the time to understand yours. I don't have to agree with it. Now, yes, there are times where I get pissed off and I just think someone's outlook is just so illogical. Yeah. But then I also have to say, well, look, not everybody thinks like me. Mm -hmm. And it's hard sometimes. You got be very self-aware and bring yourself back down and you know it's a debate i have with myself a lot of the time because it mm -hmm. can be hard mm -hmm. but i just always try and remember that look my job is to not force my opinion or my viewpoints on someone else we all have differing views all i care is that you can understand where i'm coming from mm -hmm. and it's understand such, the argument i'm making right it's such a more powerful position yeah it is, and, it really and is. it's the hardest hardest one to learn it's like okay it is. Because as soon as I say, okay, I just want you to understand, mm -hmm. then that means I have to be willing to open the door mm -hmm. 
to understand them too. Exactly. Because as soon as I ask it of you, I better be willing to do it myself. Absolutely. And it isn't easy. It isn't easy. And, and I think when I think about all the people coming out of different kinds of closets, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what this closet is or that bold thing you're trying to do. Someone somewhere is not going to understand what you're doing. Sure. And they're going to tell you that. And then everything is going to start right there. But Mm -hmm. if you can come from the space of, I understand why I'm doing this and I can defend why I'm doing this from a, Mm -hmm. here's, I want you to under, just understand me. I don't need you to embrace it. I don't need you to get on the gay bandwagon and come over to my side of the fence. I don't need any of that. What I need is you just to understand. Then it's much easier to have a conversation with most logical people (laughs) talking about the ones that won't be logical. (laughs) Right. And even then, even when I'm with someone who won't be logical, I, I, my favorite thing to say, and I'd love to see what you say too, is, you know what? It's clear to me, we can't understand each other. I'm really trying, but we can't. Mm -hmm. So I, I get that. And I'd rather not do this with you. And I, I I respect you enough to say, I'm not going to do this with you. Yeah. Now there's a couple of times I've almost got the shit beat out of me for saying something like that, but oh well, (laughs) you know, yeah. It's just what it is, but um, it is one of those interesting spaces. So, you know, when yeah. you get it backed in those corners, I'm curious, what, how do you like step through it? So, so in that, so taking your example, so that's one way I would do it. The, the other way I've, I've done it in the past, which seems to work, I said, okay, well, let me try and understand your point. Explain it to me like I'm a 10 year old child. Explain your position and explain the logic behind it. Because what I find is when people get very passionate about an argument, be it politics or some other, you know, highly charged issue, mm. seven out of 10 times, they don't understand the logic behind why they feel that way or why they have that position. They've just either jumped on a bandwagon or have just always felt they should feel that way. But when you really break it down to the essence of the logic, that's where people sometimes start to question themselves. If you just say, okay, I, I just want to understand, treat me like I'm a 10 year old child. Like I'm, my son or, or my daughter and mm-hmm. explain to me your position in terms I can understand. If they can do that, then okay, great. You have your position. Most of the time they can't because they don't really understand their position well enough. That's right. what I find. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Of course, then that also works when you're talking to the person who's actually acting like a 10 year old, you can say, right. okay, you're acting like a 10 year old. So can right. you explain it to me like the 10 year old you're acting like, and maybe exactly. you get somewhere, you know? <laughs> Uh, but exactly. it, it is a very interesting dynamic. And one of yeah. the things that I have found that kind of gets me in that space is to actually ask the question of myself. And I'm not going to mm-hmm. reveal too much because this is like coaching technique stuff. And I don't like to go too deep on a podcast with that. But to ask myself, how true is that? Simple mm-hmm. question. How true is that? Yeah. Okay. Because... Like is it true that they're really trying to be an asshole? Mm -hmm. Is it true? They really can't understand. Is it true? Because as soon as I do that with myself, I immediately start to calm down. Now, sometimes I won't because it's like, yes, they really, yeah, they really are. (laughs) But, but I've always loved that question from the moment I got taught how to use it in coaching. Yeah. Because, and I'll use one technique of it. We have these little truths Mm -hmm. and we have these big truths. Yeah. The big truths are we need air, we need water, we need food, 
we kind of need shelters to survive. But if you think about the bare minimum truth, the, we need air, water, food to survive as humans. The truth is the sun is going to come up and the moon is going to come up. Those yes. are, these are like, here's these truths. <laughs> when you start to really think about the absolute truths, there's not a hell of a lot of them in our world. There's no. very few. Right. And everything else we try to make a truth. Yeah. And whatever we're trying to make a truth, a lot of times isn't at all. Because yeah. it can yeah. be there's another way or there's another answer or yeah. there's another perspective. Absolutely. But we get so bogged down in the truths that we lose sight of how to be kind. Mm -hmm. it's, you're 100% right. There's, you know, there's, there's varying degrees of perspectives. Mm -hmm. You'll see, that's but that's right. a truth. There's a truth. Rick is always right. So, you know. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. That, that's, and that Rocco is, is very close behind in that truth arena, <laughs> too. You know, I need, well, you can I need ask my coach him a little bit more on this speaking stuff, and then he'll be right there yeah. with me. But, um, so I'm curious when you, when you have done this and this is, this is where I think it's so fascinating. The most fascinating yeah. place to do this is with our children. Oh yeah. Because to me, our children, and we all know children are the best teachers, but they really are because yes. man, as I watched my children grow through all their different stages and as they continue to, it shows me each time how much they knew about some of this stuff that we now take for granted. Mm -hmm. And now where they are that they're even starting to take stuff for granted, unless there's a beautiful reminder. Mm -hmm. So in your own kids, you know, watching them come through these stages of, you know, they're going to have their battles. They're going to have their friendships and all this stuff. It's got to be interesting to try to remind them what kindness is all about without saying, I'm the dad and this is why, <laughs> you know, well, it's, it's, it's really interesting. Cause I have three kids, 17 year old son, mm -hmm. nine year old daughter and a five year old daughter. So all different stages of life. And with my son, you know, that was the one I worried about the most because he's not with my current wife. So I don't see him all the time. He's not with me all the time. And I always wondered, you know, kids watch, but you always say, am I being the example? Am I showing him kindness? Mm -hmm. What what I've learned over the years and all of his friends, you know, because kids can just be, you know, assholes for lack of yep. better terms sometimes. Yep. And he's a, he's my son. But every single one of his friends' parents have always made it a point to say to me and to say to his mother that your son is the most kind and, and well-mannered mm -hmm. kid we've ever met. And that means a lot to me. You know, the fact mm -hmm. that he, without telling him, you know, you, you, you try and instill values and you tell them certain things. But he watches. And the other, the other interesting story I'll give you is that when he, when he was about 14 or 15, I was picking him up. And I picked him up from an ice cream shop. He was with some friends that were girls. He got in the car. I, made, I just made the joke. I said, oh, did you, did you pay for all the girls? And without missing a beat, he looked at me and he says, yes, because that's what a man does. Mm. It's like and he, and I never told him that, but he's always mm. watched me. Yeah. So it's just interesting how – your kids watch. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of parents need to understand it's not what we say, it's what we do that matters. Right. And it so I know that I have to live kindly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can tell my kids till I'm blue in the face, be kind, be kind, be kind. But if they don't see me being kind, I'm going to be a fraud to them. and They're not going to live that way. Right. So I know we're kind of in an interesting touchy feely space here. And yeah. Because 
there's so much around this. And before we wrap it up, I want, I wanted to make sure yeah. we like touch on this. Yeah. There's so much around this quote, toxic masculinity stuff right now, which mm -hmm. I agree. Men can be, there are certain men who can be toxic. There are certain men who can, you know, have toxic behaviors and there's guys as guys, sometimes we can do something toxic, but when we get sure. to that space, I'm like anybody who's a human can do something toxic. Absolutely. But here we are talking about kindness, mm -hmm. which I'm going to stereotype right now, which yeah. really is so not a guy trait, so to speak. We're supposed to be, you know, the big guys yeah. that do the stuff, da, 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 da. <laughs> which I find is complete bullshit anyway. Yeah. But what do you say to a guy who's like, yeah, I'd really like to do this, but it's an assault on my manhood. What would you say to him? I would, I would simply ask the question, why do you feel that way? Mm -hmm. Because to me, what, what's, what's the logic behind it? Mm -hmm. You know, how mm -hmm. are you defining your manhood? Because I look at it, you know, I feel that I'm a pretty manly guy, but I'm still one of the most kind people you ever meet. Mm -hmm. But I don't, I don't let the fact that I'm kind be a shot at my manhood. I look at it as that's what a man is. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I look back to, you know, the, the, the years of, of long ago where, Men were, I mean, obviously there's different viewpoints. I believe that, you know, I believe in being a gentleman. I believe in mm -hmm. chivalry. I believe treating people with respect, dignity, and kindness. And that, I think that's what makes a man. Yep. Yep. And I think and that's, this is one of the key critical pieces to me in this work I do with men mm -hmm. um, and in society that we're putting way too many stereotypes on what X should be yeah. what men should be, what women should be, what Democrats should be, what Republicans should be, what gay should yeah. be, what straight should be, what, you know, all these different things instead of saying, Oh, that's who you are. Mm -hmm. Let me understand that. Yep. Can I be supportive in that? Can I help you through that? Because when we give room for someone to be themselves. And if that's a guy like yourself who really mm -hmm. practices kindness, wants to be kind, wants to see others be kind when that's given room to grow and to be present mm -hmm. to me, it's just like watering a plant. It's just going to continue to grow and be even yes. more present. But okay. the moment we shut anyone down and I'm going to go back to, especially guys to say, you yeah. can't be vulnerable. You can't be kind. You can't be compassionate. You can't be the, 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 is it really any fucking wonder Right. That we have toxic masculinity. Yeah, you're right. Because you're being told from a very young age, you can't do this. You can't be that. You can't say, yeah. you know, man up, blah, blah, blah. Da, da, da. And some of my best male friends mm -hmm. are the ones who are the kindest guys in the world and don't actually do much of what the masculine stereotypes are. Mm -hmm. But they sure are great looking, masculine looking guys. And then people find out, what do you mean you don't? go to sports. Well, I just don't. Yeah. Right. That's who I am. You know, exactly. I mean, it doesn't mean I don't like him. I mean, it doesn't mean I don't yeah. care, but just not my thing, you know, yeah, exactly. and we don't give room for people to be what they are. And then we want to go slap another label on and saying, well, look at how toxic you are. Yep. It's just, it's so fascinating. Well, I think people just put on these masks. We put on these masks mm -hmm. and, and it's just, it's just what society tells us. This is the mask you wear. And all, underneath, we all have vulnerabilities. We all have these fears and these self-doubts. And we need to, and, and it took me years to figure that out. And 
probably my late twenties, early thirties, I just stopped caring about what other people thought and just started living my authentic self. And that changes everything. And it's just, you have to step out of that fear. I love that this is where we're coming to at the end of this thing, because it's so interesting to ask yourself those questions. Mm -hmm. Who would I be if I quit caring what other people thought? Exactly. Who would I be if I continued practicing kindness and didn't care what somebody would think about that? Yep. Who would I be if I I just kept doing my podcast the way I do and I drop an F-bomb every so often? Yeah. Because if I don't, I will get emails going, are you okay, Rick? <laughs> Why? Well, you didn't say fuck this episode. Oh, sorry. Let me put that in the script next time, damn it. Okay. You know, um, it's it's just part of who I am. And, you know, yeah. I know where to filter it and not filter it. I mean, you know, sure. God, I wouldn't. Well, I wouldn't go to church to begin with, but, you know, I wouldn't go stand in church and say that. Well, I might if I was really pissed off about something, but I would be very respectful. You know, I would spell it. Maybe I wouldn't actually say, yes. it, you know, but, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's one of those interesting things. And I think this is what you beautifully brought to this is be who you are, yeah. do what you do, because that's the essence of what you've been brought to the planet to do. Absolutely. So. so. All right. Well, we could talk for hours, but, um, yeah. you know, it's later where you are and um, <laughs> you're probably ready for some good Italian wine or if you already haven't had any, I can tell you. You're just... well, actually, I'm heading to the gym. That's where I'm headed. All right. Well, you're a better man than I because I'm not yet, <laughs> but I will. Like, I think in 2020, I'm heading to the gym. I don't know. We'll that makes sense. That's all right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I will. I'll get there tomorrow. Day. And yeah, by Thursday, I think I'll be there because I won't have so much on my plate. But brother, I love having you on. His book is, great. tell us the name of the book again, please. The Alpha Way, Five Keys to Unlocking Your Greatness and Living Your Best Life. And you also have a podcast, right? I do. Yeah. It's called It's Work. The Ups and Downs and In-Betweens of the Road to Success. That man is definitely a personal development junkie. I love it, love it, love it. And everything will be available for you to see on the show notes here and everywhere. And I just want to say, man, I'm so glad the universe brought us together because Absolutely. it was meant to be. And, and we're not going to talk about the next little thing we're going to do because nobody knows about it yet. But there'll be another opportunity coming up that you will get to interact with this great guy again. And Absolutely. now your interest, you guys are going to have to really listen to the podcast for the next few weeks. So. Yeah. Anyway, that's it, everybody. Have a great week. Go out there, uncloset yourself, live your bold life, and live life on your terms. Take care. All right, there you have it. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end, but that's okay. We're going to be back in just a couple of days sharing more stories, tips, tricks, and wisdom for helping you live your life uncloseted. And you know what? You can share it too. Just take a few moments, if you like, and if you believe in this podcast, and share it with someone you know today. Share it from your phone, go share it on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you are. Maybe even give us a rating review because you know what? It's all about the planet living their life uncloseted. I'm Rick Clemens, host of the show and the guy who helps you make those big, bold moves. And I hope you never stop stepping out, stepping up, and stepping in to living your life uncloseted. Catch you real soon. Take care, everyone.